all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 14. There is power in the blood. Thank you. 
know that we all truly understand about that power. It says, would you be free from your burden of sin? And immediately he tells us there's power in the blood to be able to do that. Would you or evil a victory win? Do you want power over Satan in every situation? He says there's power in that blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? That's the spiritual part. Having that spiritual part cleaned up and made white by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. And that's what each and every one of us need to understand and know today. Friends, I know that we have talked a lot about eternal life. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about just following Jesus Christ. But how much are we really willing to put into His hands? How much faith and trust are we willing to just put into the hands of God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And let Him direct us. I was reading recently and thinking about you know the man that came, the young man that came to Christ. And He asked him, He says, What must I do to be saved? And Christ told him a few of the things. And He says, I have been faithful in that. I've kept those things from my youth up. What else is there that I need to do? And our Lord just told him very plain, he says, what you have, he says, go and sell that you have, give to the poor and come and follow me. And the man went away sorrowful because he said he had great possessions. And what are the possessions that we have today naturally? It doesn't have to even be the things that we can put our hands on. What possessions in our mind and what entertainments or what all manner of things do we hold higher than just putting it into the hands of Jesus Christ and letting Him clean it up for us and let Him show us what we need to do each and every day as we go through life, just letting letting Him direct us, getting our will out of the way He hung on that cross. He lived here for about 33 years. Lived a perfect life. There's none of us ever lived a perfect life and never will live a perfect life. But we can have a mind and we can be striving toward that. And we can have a mind that when we see that we have made a mistake and we have have fallen and we have gone against what the Lord would have for us to do, then He's there at the right hand of God the Father for us, mediating for us. And He is quick to forgive us our sins if we will go to Him and repent and then move on. Don't stay habitually in sin. Don't let those things just tear us down and bring us down to nothing. But get it out of our life and let that Spirit direct us. I think about that quite often when we talk about that new birth and and we've mentioned this so many times, but that new birth, what comes with that new birth? 
spiritual wisdom and knowledge. What comes with that? The power of God. The power of God Almighty that we can overcome sin with. And that's what He's offering to all of us. Are we willing to accept that? Are we willing to use it to His honor and to His glory? Not ours, but to His honor and to His glory today. I believe we'll read some this morning in Peter. This will be Second Peter. Reading some of this this week, and there's it, just several things there that I just felt like would be good for us to read and to talk about here today to help us on our journey. Peter just writing this letter to a group of people, not just one person in in at, you know necessarily, but. I believe he wrote the first in there, and it mentions it out to several people. And now here he was writing another letter. This is the second letter that Peter wrote. And he says, Simon Peter, this is the first chapter, first verse, second Peter. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now that's saying a lot. And he was telling these people, he says, Now there's some of you there that have obtained to that like precious faith, precious faith in Jesus Christ with us through righteousness, through the righteousness of God. Now this is, again, just bringing to our attention what that new birth brings with us. We have faith, we repent. And what does it give us then? It gives us righteousness and the power of God. Grace and peace. Grace. That mercy that comes from God the Father. And peace. He says, let it be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God as you grow, as you go through life, as you're able to read and understand, as you're able to hear that still false small voice teaching you, whispering sweet peace to you. He says, let that be multiplied through you into you through the knowledge and of Jesus our Lord. And what does he say about that? He says, I'm going to write it in your, your mind and put it in your heart, that knowledge and that understanding of his word, his work here upon the earth for us to be able to know and understand how he had have for us to live according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He says, according. Now you've been able to receive these things, he says, and I want you to be let this be multiplied in you according as his divine power, that power that I was just talking about. Divine power coming from God the Father to each and every one of us. 
Do you really know that and understand that in your life today that you have the power over Satan that is a divine power hath been given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness? Is there godliness in our lives today? Do you have the power over Satan or is he constantly dragging you down? He says, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. And I, think about that. We can go back and read through the, the Gospels at these great and precious promises that he has, he has offered and he has told you that I will give to you. He says, he that hears my word and keeps them, I will give to them eternal life. This is the, some of those promises. He says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe upon Him will have everlasting life. A promise. These are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Escape the corruption. The corruption that we see in, in our bodies, that we see throughout the world today, the corruption in people, and it can be right in us if we allow Satan, if you just let him get his toe in the door. He can destroy you. I heard or I read something one time about this salesman, and he was a good salesman. And what he would do when he walked up and he knocked upon the door, when they opened that door, he would place his foot so that the door could not be shut. And he had a lot better opportunity of being able to get into that house to be able to talk to them and to try to sell them on the goods that he had because they couldn't shut the door. Satan is there today trying to get his foot right in that door so that he, you can, he can get it cracked. And if he can get it cracked, you, he can still talk to you. He can still try to destroy you. And in a lot of cases, he just continues on till he gets people down. He gets them into things that shouldn't, that we should not be involved in at all. But, he, but he's telling here, he said, having escaped the corruption, we've been able to escape that. We've been able to have the power to keep the door shut on Satan and open the door unto Jesus Christ, which is in the world through lust. We've had a lot of talk about that too, about the lust of the body, the pride of life the lust of the eye, all of these things can tear us down. But he's saying that these people here, you have been able to receive power over that. And I know that there's people here today that has been able to receive power over that and has escaped that corruption. 
There are some that have not. There are some that need to be moving up. Some that need to hear these precious promises and believe in them and use those precious promises that He has to offer to us all. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now all of those attributes there that he just went over and he says, now if these things abide in you, if they're there and they abound in you, you're letting them grow. That's how you live your life is by these attributes. He says there that you'll be able to grow. He says, neither shall you be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to talk a little bit about some of these things. I wrote some definitions down of these, and I want us to listen to them very carefully. First of all, he, he says down there, he says that, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now what is faith? Do I all truly understand faith, belief and trust in and loyalty to God is one of the definitions. And that's complete trust and loyalty to God is one of the definitions. And that's what I would want us to all to understand. And that's the faith that he's talking about here. That we've got to have that, that faith. Complete belief and trust and loyalty to God. That's saying a lot. Is that in each one of our minds and our lives today? Are we willing to then? Now this is what he's saying that we've got, that you've got. Now he says, now add, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue. What is virtue? Conformity to a standard of right a particular moral excellence, virtue. But let's go back. That diligence that he, he's talking about there, he says, and besides this, giving all diligence. And he says, diligence, steady, earnest, and energetic effort, devoted to painstaking work and application to accomplish. Just diligence is just to go at it that I am going to be steady in this. I am going to be earnest in my work. I am going to be energetic in the effort that I put into it. I am going to walk in this. I am going to be steadfast in this work. That's what he's talking about, diligence in his work, in learning about the Word of God. And then he, he just says then, to with that diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And what is knowledge? Knowledge is the fact or condition 
of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. The body of truth. That's what knowledge is. The body of truth, spiritually, that's what it is. The body of Jesus Christ and knowing His truths and His gospel. But knowledge comes from knowing something gained through experience or association with it. Now how can we gain that knowledge spiritually? By just putting it into the hands of Jesus Christ and then letting Him direct our words. And when we see what the power of God can do for us in overcoming sin in every situation... Then we are, then we gain that knowledge and we can see and we gain confidence in it. That these things are being brought to our attention. And then we have that knowledge in our treasure that we can use that knowledge whenever we need it. We can bring it out to cast, get Satan away. What did our Lord and Savior do when he came right out of the, the wilderness there and he was tempted? By Satan. Satan just coming to him immediately, tempting him. But he had the knowledge of God within him. He had been with his father and he understood what his father would do. And he was able to use that knowledge and to cast Satan down in every situation to resist him and never falter in it. That was the way that Jesus Christ used that, that knowledge and understanding. And then he says, and to knowledge, temperance. Now we've got the knowledge, we've got faith, we've got diligence. If this is the case, this is what he's telling us, that the righteous person, the one that's had that new birth, this is what he's going to have within his soul, within his mind. This is how he's going to be conducting his life naturally. That's what you will see in his works naturally. We've got that faith. We've got virtue. We've got knowledge. And we're diligent in all of it. Now he says to add to knowledge... Temperance. Temperance. Moderation in action. Thought or feeling. Habitual moderation in, indulge, in indulgence of the appetites or passions. Are we able to control our passions? The passions that this body has, the lust is the way I look at that. We are then able to take temperance. That, is, that will give us, with all of these attributes there, we will be thinking about moderation in all of those things, in the things that this body desires, the feelings, the thoughts, everything that we're looking at, we're considering it in moderation. We aren't going over here and trying to see all about what we can do and how I can entertain this body to greatness or I can adhere greatness here upon the earth and all these things. He says temperance in everything that we do. He says add to that. Add to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. Another place he says in, in your patience possess you your souls. What does he talk about here and now with that moderation that we are going to? He says, add 
patience to that. And patience is nothing but patient. Able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or sufferings without becoming annoyed or anxious. Just being patient. Number one, the way I look at that spiritually, though, is being patient and waiting upon God. He says, wait upon me. Wait upon him. Don't be anxious to go out and to try to get ahead of God, to try to get ahead of Jesus Christ. But just be patient. Wait upon him. He will not let you down. Saul did not have the patience. He did not wait as he was instructed by Samuel. And he went on and he thought that he could go out and do things on his own and make the sacrifices and do things on his own. He was not patient. And he was reprimanded for it. He lost out. And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul because he did not have the patience. He was not willing to wait upon the Lord. He was not willing to listen and follow His commandments when He also told him what to do, to go out and to destroy, and to destroy everything in the town. And he did not do that. And Samuel came and Samuel went on and destroyed it. And he told him then that you have disobeyed. Saul tried to justify his works by saying that he had saved these things to sacrifice to God. But what God wants in us is obedience rather than sacrifice. He wants obedience to us. So he, when we look then and he says, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Now is that in our life? Is that what it is showing? All of these things, we're coming on down now. He's just bringing it off, all the way down. And to patience, add godliness to that. And what is godliness with the definition there? The quality or state of being spiritually pure or virtuous. Is that in our lives? Is that in your life today, friends? Now this is what Peter was warning these people about and he was telling them that this is what... Let's go back up here and just read a little bit and start. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Now we start talking about what is a partaker, what is in that divine nature of man once we have gotten that. And we've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We've escaped that. And these attributes now should be in us in our daily walk, just in everything that we do. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. 
brotherly kindness to godliness. And kindness, being kind or sympathetic or help or of a helpful nature. Is that in our life? That we want to be kind to all of mankind and to be helpful in any way that we can. That is what Jesus Christ did when He was here upon the earth. He was kind. He was helpful. Now there was times when He spoke out and was very plain against sin. When He went into the temple there, and here the people had, had taken the place of God and turned it into a circus, basically, of where they were selling, buying and selling, and doing all manner of things that was against what God had for, that to, for the works to be in that temple. And Jesus came in, and very boldly He took a scourge of cords and He drove them out of the temple. And He turned over the tables there. He stopped that work. But He also, when they brought the woman to Him there that was found, that was caught in adultery in the very act, it says. There was no hearsay about it. It was true. It was right there. They, people knew it and understood what was going on. They brought, him, brought her to Him. And they wanted to put him to death, put her to death. Says, now what are you going to say? She should be put to death. And Jesus, the kindness in him. I believe that he wanted to just wait upon his father. That goes back to what I said. Wait on him. And he stooped down and he began to just scribble in the dirt like he was not even paying any attention to him. They continued to ask. And he stood up and with great kindness and affection, he says, He that has no sin within him, let him cast the first stone. And he stooped down and he began to write again. That's the kindness and sympathy that we need to be having today. Because each and every one of us are sinners. Jesus Christ was not a sinner. But He had that kind of love and compassion toward those that were. And in a moment, the people started leaving. They walked away. And He said to them, to the woman, He says, where are thine accusers? Has no one condemned you? She said, no man, Lord. He said, neither do I. But He didn't stop there. He said, go and sin no more. Now that's the kindness that he has, but that's what he, will, that's what he will tell us. And we can have kindness to others. We can never accept sin in our life or someone else. He says, now go and repent. That's what he'd be telling us today. And sin no more. But that's that godliness. That's that kindness that would be in us today is that we would do anything we could to help someone spiritually. 
and if it's necessary to help naturally. Let us be willing and have that kind of a nature about us that we're willing to be kind, to be sympathetic, and to be helpful. That is the nature of us. That should just be... That's what the nature of the Spirit of God is. That is not the nature of man. That's not at all the nature of, of human beings in their state that they were that we came here in to be kindness all of these things that's not in us the only way we can have this and adhere to it is that new birth and then he goes on and there's one more that he has and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity charity and we've heard a lot about charity in our life, I have. But what is charity? Now, charity is several things. It can't, it, it, it's a lot of different things. But let's look at here. He says generosity and helpfulness, especially toward the needy or suffering. In theology, in theology sense, it includes supreme love to God and universal good to men. An extreme love to God. That is a love to God and Jesus Christ above all things here upon this earth. That's where he said that he that we must hate our father, our mother, our children, and all things here. And he doesn't mean to hate them naturally. He means that we must put them second and that we must put God the Father and Jesus Christ first and foremost and have that supreme love, spiritual love for them above all things. That's what he's talking about there. That's what that charity is. Paul speaks a little tremendous about that in that 13th chapter of Corinthians of what it is. And he says there's faith, hope, and charity. And charity is the greatest of all of those. And the only way we can have that, we've got to have that faith first. We've got to repent and then be able to receive that new spirit. And with that new spirit, we have hope of eternal life. And with that new spirit comes the love of God within us. The mercy of God. That new spirit gives us that, the opportunity and for us to be able then that we can have brotherly kindness. And that we can have virtue. And that we can be diligent in serving Him. All of these things come I am in that new birth. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that. I know it. That if we will let these things, if these things be in you, and abound, that that's what's growing, that's what is just bubbling up inside you naturally even, and spiritually, 
But these things are just bubbling up in you. What he says that they will make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying, if you are living in this way and letting that direct you, you will have the knowledge and the understanding of what Jesus Christ would have you, how you should live your life today. You will not be out here in habitual sin. You will not be out here letting the lust of the flesh overcome you. You will not be out here taking this body into places where the Lord would not have it to be and exposing it to sin. You will not do those things because that new spirit is there directing you away from it. For if these things be in you and abound, they're bubbling, they are growing, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that to be a fact. And I know you can know it. That we can have that knowledge. And we can understand it. But then listen to this, what he says. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now listen, I believe he's talking about somebody there that has maybe lost that first love, that has gone back. Listen to what he says, but he that lacketh these things is blind. Spiritually blind. He cannot see and know and understand. And cannot see afar off cannot see what is about to happen, what is going to take place, what is going to happen like we talked about last Sunday, that you and I, that every single one of us here will be at that event when Jesus Christ sits on that throne and He separates the goats from the sheep. We will all be at that event. Now will we be separated as a sheep or as a goat? Will we be put on the right or will we be put on the left? Will we go into eternal life or will we go into eternal damnation? He says those that cannot see afar off, they've forgotten these things and have forgotten He was purged from His old sins. Satan had that foot in that door. And He's been able to get a part in that mind to where he's forgotten that he had to had those sins taken away. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that something to think about? Wherefore, the rather brethren, he says, don't lack these things. Don't be blind. Don't forget that. He says, rather, give diligence. And we talked about that, that, that diligence. I want to go back and let's just see diligence, what he's talking about. He says, give diligence. Steady, earnest, and energetic effort. Now he's saying, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What he's saying is just work at keeping Satan out of your life by using the power of God. He will overcome you and He'll overcome me 
without that power. But I can use that power and you can use it to overcome Him. Use that diligence to make your calling and election sure. You've been called. You have been elected of God to be able to receive that new birth. That's what He's speaking about. You've been elected to receive that. Now, for if you do these things, if you live in accordance with what He's saying there, you shall never fail. And he's talking about spiritually. You will be able to see victory. These are some of the promises that we read. The great and precious promises that he has for us. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto ever the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to be able to be abundantly ministered by Him today. And I know that He is. He is abundantly giving us His truths of life that we can use them so that we can have, we can walk with Him and never fall. None of us want to fall. We don't, any of us want to be a failure. And Jesus Christ came here and died so that every single one of us can be a winner. Think about it. You can be a winner in this. Every one of you can. There's nobody that has to be a loser because Jesus died. That blood that we sang about earlier, are you washed in that blood? Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. And I, I hope that I will never be negligent either to keep reminding us here of these things, to put you always in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us of these things, of how He would have for us to live our life. Though you know them, and I know there's people here that know it today, and there's people that know it but are not following it. That's a dangerous situation, friends. If you hear the Word and you know it, but then you elect not to follow it, and his be established in the present truth. Be established in the present truth. Follow his word. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And I want to stir you up this morning in your mind, that spiritual part, by putting you in remembrance of the precious promises that he has offered to us all and letting us know and understand what He has for us to do as we live here upon the earth. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, 
even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, and Peter knew that his time was about to end, but he was still preaching and teaching, and he wanted these people to know and understand after he has gone the wonderful words of life. For we have not followed cunning devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Isn't that something to think about here today? Think about that. For we have not followed. This is what Peter is just telling them. He says, I will, moreover, I will endeavor that you be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And if the Lord takes me today, I want you to have these things in your mind, in your remembrance the promises that He has for us. But we've got to turn it loose. We've got to get it out of, get the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We've got to get our will out and let His will be done in us. For we have not followed cunning devised fables. He says, we haven't followed that. And we can see throughout the world today how people have devised certain things and preaching it as religion, preaching it as God's Word so that they can profit financially or whatever it might be. This is what these things are going on. But Peter says, we have not followed these types of things when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I can assure you, I have not sought after your riches or anything at all. And I'm not following after some cunningly devised fable. But I am making known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Peter was an eyewitness. He saw Him. He lived with Him. He traveled with Him. He was there when He was crucified. He saw He. Peter rejected Him there when He was in trial. Peter went out and he repented of that. And Peter went on and did a marvelous and a great work God did within him. Peter saw him. I have not seen him naturally, but I have seen him spiritually. I have seen his power. I have seen what Peter is talking about here. Known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ within a man. I know that I have been able to see that. And I encourage you to let's be all witnesses of that in ourselves. You can by repenting of your sins. Having full faith in Jesus Christ that these promises that He's, He's given us, He will perform. And He will give us eternal life. For He received from God the Father honor and glory 
when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice came from heaven. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And here again, Peter just explaining and showing and telling them, remember what took place there. Jesus took Peter and James and John, I believe it was, and he went into the mount. And while he was there, he was transfigured. And here was Moses and Elias there speaking with Jesus. And this is where the voice came there and says that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I want to be a son of God. And you and I both can. And we can hear that same words. Thou hast fought a good fight. Thou hast kept the faith. Enter ye into my kingdom. And this voice came, which this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now here he's encouraging them. He says, now I've seen these things. I know it and I've heard these things. And he says, now, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. We have heard these with the prophets have prophesied of the coming of Jesus, prophesied that a Messiah would come that would save the world. And now he says, now, whereunto ye do well that you take heed. And I'm telling each and every one of you today that you will do well to take heed to the words, to the things that is being spoken here today, the promises. You will do well to take heed to those things as unto a light that shineth unto a dark place. When you go into a dark room and you hit the switch, the light comes on and then you can see and you are glad you can move around in there and not trip and fall. You can come and get whatever you were looking for. And now spiritually, that's what we are all. We came here in a dark place. And by believing upon Jesus Christ, that is that light that will shine into that dark place and overcome it. And he says, now diligently be seeking that, working with it until the day dawn, until that Spirit dawns within you. When that Spirit is born within you, you have that new birth. That day dawns what takes place. The sun comes up. The darkness goes away. And now it is day and you can see the light. You can travel about and not fall into the ditch. And spiritually speaking, go to Jesus Christ. That light that is there. Repent. Have faith. And be baptized for the remission of your sins. And let that light then, then it becomes. And that, that new birth, that new day is dawning within you. And that day star arise 
we can see that day star of the sun arise. And it gives light to the earth and brings happiness to people that they are able to accomplish what they want to do. And that spiritual day star, that spiritual body arising within you, in your hearts, He says, I'll give to you. I'll take away that heart of stone and I'll give to you a new heart, a heart of flesh. And I'll write it in your mind and I'll put my word in that heart of flesh. And then you'll have that knowledge and understanding that we're talking about. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. Let that sink down in your mind today. Take heed to His Word as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Do not stop till that day star has arisen in your heart. That new spirit is alive in your heart. Don't stop. Be diligent, earnestly desiring it, earnestly seeking it. He says, knock and you shall receive. He says, knock and it will be open to you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Again, these are the precious promises of Jesus Christ. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation. None of this prophecy and this Scripture is for each and every one of us can read it and we can understand it and we can live by it. It's not just for one or two or just a certain group of people. He says, I came for the sins of the whole world. It is my will, my Father's will, that all men be saved. And I came for the sins of the whole world. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God, all the way along they have spoken by the movement of God, by God moving them. And they've been doing that all the way along. He's doing these things today. He has people, holy men of God, that preach His Word upon the earth and encourage people. They may not be doing it right here in a church or somewhere, but they are there, holy men of God, encouraging people throughout the world today. And you and I can do the same thing. We can be that same, have that same Holy Spirit within us. Because he said, I will go back to my Father and I will send to you a comforter. And that's a promise. And that comforter he did on the day of Pentecost when they were all there. And it came upon them as a rushing mighty wind and they were immediately, they were able to start speaking in other tongues. They were speaking the wonderful words of life about Jesus Christ and the remission of sins from Him, the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. 
immediately they were able to speak that and to teach it to others. Men of God teaching. And people accepted it. And were saved. I want you to accept it today and be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Anything that is not of God, anything that is different from His Word that is in here, is a false prophet, a false teacher. And it will not stand. And he says they bring upon them swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. By reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covenants shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth. And their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that afterward should live ungodly and deliver just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. He did all those things because of man's wickedness here upon the earth. For that righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now we have heard today how that the Lord would want us to be able to live. And he says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He knows that that's another promise that I will never let you be tempted above what you are able to escape. That's a promise, another one of those wonderful promises that he has. And he says he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And he also knows how to reserve the unjust, the evil, the, the wicked until the day of judgment to be punished. When He sits upon that throne, that event that you and I are going to be there, will we be a part of the godly? Or will we be a part of the unjust? There is no reason for us to be a part of the unjust. Jesus Christ paid for your sins. He paid for it 
and to give you the power over them. The price has been paid. Flee to Him. And you can have that. It is a free gift. The wages of sin is eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful thing that we have there that we can talk about. And I want to read just a few verses here in 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 John. This is in First John, just a couple of pages on beyond where you're at. First John, third chapter. Let's start reading at the 11th verse. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brother, my brethren, if the world hate you, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know not, ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now we've talked about these things, some of these things. This, this, how that we should have that charity and that kindness. That these, this is what God had. This is what Jesus Christ had. Do you see that? Charity, do you see that kindness in what he is talking, what John is saying here? That we hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Jesus Christ laid down that life so that we could have power over sin and we could be saved. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brother and we ought to be willing to do all that we could to help our brothers just as Jesus Christ did in His day. But whosoever hath this world good and seeth his brother have need and shut up his bowels of compassion against him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now let's be careful and let's use the things that God has entrusted into our hands the way that He would have for us to use them. My little children... Let us not love in, in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. 
If our heart, if your heart is condemning you today, God's greater than that. He is, He knows and He is condemning you also. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. If our heart is not condemning us today, then we've got confidence that we've been able to receive that new spirit. Now we have hope of eternal life and we have that charity, that love that he's talking about here. That we can love our mankind, we can love our neighbor, we can help others whenever it is necessary to do so. The Lord's blessed us so tremendously. And He's given us His love and His mercy. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Is that in our life today? That we keep His commandments. We hear His Word and we follow them. And we do those things that are pleasing in His sight. We've got that diligence. We've got that virtue. We've got that temperance. We have that patience. We have that godliness. We have that kindness, brotherly kindness. And we have that charity. Is that in our lives? Search and look. In the fourth chapter of this same book, starting here, At the 14th verse. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And we have seen that spiritually and testify to you today. That God sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. That is a fact. That is the truth. Believe it and use it. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. If you truly confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that Jesus Christ being the Son of God, you repent of your sins to him, and you have full faith that He is the Son of God. Full faith and trust that He is the Son of God. And that you're willing to put it all into His hands. You confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Dwelleth in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. And I believe that I know that. And I am confessing to you today the love that He is offering to all of us and what He'll do for us. God is love. And that is used way too much today. And He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in Him. God is love. But God is wrath also. He has so much love that He sent His Son to die for us. But He also, we just read about those that are righteous will have eternal life and the unjust will have eternal darkness. 
That is God. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now that's how we can stand with boldness of that judgment that we were talking about. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus Christ and God the Father is, and there is no sin in them, are we, he, is that the way we are in this world? There is no fear in love, and that is that godly love. There is no fear in that, but perfect love casteth out fear. Fear of death. The fear of being lost. That perfect love takes that away that we don't have that fear of being lost anymore because we've got knowledge that we've got that new spirit. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. If any man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. God is love. I want you to understand that. But I want you to also know and understand that it is not the way that the world perceives that today, that God is just a God of love and there is no hell. There is no darkness. And He is not going, His wrath will not be rained out upon anybody in those situations at all. That is not what He has said at all there that we must see, we must know, and we must understand. Hereby we perceive the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That is what we need to be looking to and have a desire and understand that we can be a part of that. We can be a part of His love. And we can see victory. And that Spirit abide in us. And we abide in Him. Eternally. Not just while we're here upon this earth, but eternally. Friends, remember the promises. Those great and powerful promises of God the Father. And He is not slack concerning His promises. He will provide for the righteous. And we will all stand at that event when Jesus Christ sits on that throne. And the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And we have the opportunity and there's no reason for us not to be on the right today 
Don't let it slip by. Use it. And give Him, Jesus Christ and God the Father, the honor and the glory. It's not your works. It's a free gift from God. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 107. Are you washed in the blood? And that's a good question for us to be asking ourselves today. Are you washed in it? And there may be someone that might would like to make that confession public. And you can do so as we sing number 107. You could come forward. Number 107. Thank you.
Something that should really be on our mind there. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And that last part there says there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. A fountain of repentance. A fountain of forgiveness. For the soul unclean. Be encouraged in that. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's been paid for. Your salvation's paid for. Use it. Be clean. Seek Him. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank You for the wonderful message that has been given to us today from You. And let's just all realize that it is Your Word and You have given us this so that we can move up and that we can get closer to You. And we can live in accordance with how You would have for us to live. God, I just beg that You show me how to apply it right to myself. And to help me to encourage others. And to be at one with Your Son, Jesus Christ. And to be at one with You. And Your spiritual church here upon the earth and to be able to use the things You've entrusted into our hands to Your honor and to Your glory. Be with us in the upcoming days, Lord, that You strengthen us spiritually and help each and every one of us to look to You, knowing how undone and weak that we are without You, but through You, Jesus Christ and God the Father, we can overcome all things and see victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.